Blackhawks fans, and welcome into the Four Feathers podcast. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Ron Luce. Mr. Luce, how you doing tonight? Great to talk some Blackhawks hockey with you. Jonathan, I am fantastic. Despite a bit of a snoozer for a preseason opener, we are here with Victory Beers this evening. I am very excited. We'll hashtag crack them to that. Uh, but I'm doing well, my friend. I, again, I am just... You know, I, I got to talk some Bears tonight with the Bears on Tap boys. My my Cubbies won as they're kind of winding down their season. Oh, but damn it, Johnny, there is something about talking Blackhawks hockey. I am so excited that we get to do this again. Like, yep. it, you know, it's, it was such a long summer. Now that it's only been a week between shows, it feels much better, Johnny. Yeah, absolutely, Ron. Like we had talked about, just the excitement, right? You know, with, with the fall air coming in and it feels like hockey season. Obviously, we already know it's football weather, you know, kind of gets there. But, you know, hockey season takes a little bit into that, uh, right? Because not starting until mid-October. But we're approaching that because uh, last time we talked, we were just discussing training camp. This time, we've got some preseason action to discuss, as you had mentioned. A little bit of a snoozer of an opener, but... We are here fresh uh, on Wednesday, September 28th, when we are recording this and live. Thanks to everybody who, who jumps in the comments here. Uh, but we, we are here after a Blackhawks winner over Detroit Sucks. Detroit, Detroit sucks. sucks. Hell yeah. Hey, even preseason, Ron, I love beating those guys. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that, all the details, um, um, some observations about who stood out, um, who, who looked all right, who didn't, and um, all of that stuff. But before we do, as I mentioned, we are live here on the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube page. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss this show or any future ones or anything else on the ONTAP Sports Network. Um, go ahead and give us a follow on social media at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. And also, like the page on Facebook on Tap Sportsnet. You can drop your comments in there from uh, from there as well. We can feature them in the show. Um, we've got a few of our good friends in here. Matt, what's up? I think I'm gonna need a five five sweater. Talking about Kevin Korchinski there, and I'm socks says dudes, dudes. What's up? Love it. Um, great, great to have everybody in here in the live show for Four Feathers Run. Um, preseason action obviously underway, and I'd be remiss if we didn't start with the young guns because that is fresh in my mind for tonight and your name has a little something to do with that tell, tell us what that's all about there and explain it for the just audio listeners too because we're on a live stream here i can see you they can't see you yes so you know in our little taglines all the more reason we encourage you guys to tune in with us live and if you can't tune in with us live you can always find these broadcasts again on youtube so go subscribe to that youtube channel we actually just crossed 400 subs johnny so that's a little bit of a cool and tough moment for us as oh, yeah. well um but i said i'll have a korchinski uh just like you're sitting at your favorite south side dive bar here in chicago and you start talking in your accents and you say hey buddy I, I got, I got, I got my meal. I'm a little thirsty, you know, and I could have a Budweiser. I could have a Bush or I could have a Miller, but son of a bitch, I'll take a Korchinski. Cause I'll tell you what, as, as, as voodoo XO seven said, uh, that five, five sweater in a couple of years might look really good. Cause that kid is something special. If he's that good offensively, Johnny, like I told you before we started and he's only 18 now, just imagine what he's like when he develops for a couple of years. Hell yeah, Ron. I love it. Um, as what we're referring to, guys, uh, that that is uh, 
Two of the youngsters uh, that we've been excited about here, Kevin Korchinski, obviously, and then Samuel Savoie, were the only two players to play in both games. Uh, it was kind of the main group that went out for game one at the United Center, as expected, in front of the home crowd. Uh, and then for game two, um, they basically had uh, everyone else that was not playing in game one um, was in the game two lineup. But those two, uh, they want to get them some action here. Luke Richardson said they're making that a point of emphasis uh, before those guys return uh, to their respective teams where they're going to play uh, Korchinski captaining I believe, uh, out in Seattle in the WHL. So um, let's talk tonight, Ron, since, like I said, it's fresh in the mind. And that stretch pass, it was the future, man. The Blackhawks even posted a meme about it on Instagram. I was thinking immediately, the Squidward meme, the future, right? That's exactly what came to mind, and that's exactly what they posted, and it was beautiful. It was his own exit and a stretch pass by Korchinski, lifted it up for Reichel, who was just streaking across the neutral zone, went in, cut across the center ice lane, uh, picked up the puck on a stick flawlessly, buried one five hole. And um, that's what all Blackhawks fans needed to see tonight, Ron. Absolutely. This is a season with the future in mind, Johnny. And that was just a little teaser. That's that's the appetizers we like to say over at Cubs on Tap with these young guns that are coming along in the pipeline. And, and Johnny, I'll raise you another meme or a, a gif as well. Uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio biting the, the fist right, yeah. uh, as well yeah. comes to mind. Wolf, Wolf Wall too. Street, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I'll tell you what, man, that pass was Perfect. I mean, it takes an elite offensive player. I don't care how old you are, how far along you are in your development. Not every defenseman in the NHL makes that pass. So the fact that he's able to do that, uh, we'll take a, a Korchinski light, uh, my friends, tonight uh, with that. And honestly, I know we're sitting here and, and we're uh, we're really enjoying the Korchinski vibes here right now, Johnny. But um Kudos to Lucas Reichel. He looks like a different player. That speed oh, yeah. I got was something that I don't think we saw as much last year because of a lack of confidence. So that was really cool to see too tonight. Yeah, well, while we're on the topic of that, obviously uh, we talked a bit about Korchinski. And, hey, by the way, I uh, love our YouTube comment section. A little more Korchinski light, my friends. Korchinski and then we got, uh, we got Matt chiming in says, uh, we think we need an on-tap Korchinski brew crossover with Goose Island maybe. Hey, who knows? Uh, they're in the uh, the team theme brews. Obviously the Blackhawks pale ale. That's something we'll discuss a little bit later on but yeah uh, i think we can get a uh Korchinski. can we um wait does he have to be of legal drink i was just gonna ask that do we have to wait three years for that to work i mean we can no. we can draw up all the I paperwork think, now with him i think and, and just i think make sure it's ready to roll we make it and enjoy it and then tease him with it and then this is what you're working for and you know that, that's the, the, i think that's a <laughs> that's good the... string string along it's like the the guy on the the um fishing pole and the, the, what, oh, what you the case. yeah you gotta be it, a little yeah. quicker than that you gotta, you gotta be, be a little, little older than that yeah yeah well hey and maybe who knows it might work out perfectly he might turn 21. He might be ready for his debut. And then the on tap crew can crack a cold one with him with his own Korchinski brew uh, when he makes his NHL debut, Jonathan. So yeah. Who yeah. knows, man? All right. Who uh, knows? I, I love that. That's, you know, kind of uh, the initial Korchinski one. But another guy you mentioned there, the guy who scored the goal uh, on that, obviously the Korchinski pass is really nice, but R Lucas Reichel with a nice finish there. Um, you talked about him looking stronger, more confident, right? Uh, I think, you know, the offseason of training and obviously taking what he learned from that kind of short, uh, what, 11, 12 game sample size that he had at the NHL level last year has helped him over the summer. And I noticed it, Ron. I know that's going to be sexy. That's the highlight reel. That's the one that, uh, you know, the Blackhawks posted. That's the one that. NHL posted. That's what's getting all the attention. I understand it. What I really liked from Lucas Reichel most tonight was in the third period, I believe it was 
Um, it, it actually might have been the second period. Towards the end of the second period, Reichel definitely looked like he improved in his own zone. His back checking was uh, improved, and he broke up a couple of plays. Just A, good awareness on them, and then B, quick stick work to go and lift the stick, be able to dig the puck out, and he was able to cancel a play before the Red Wings were able to get it into the slot. That is what we call protecting the house here at Four Feathers, Ron. Yes, and Johnny, as 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 anybody that knows, uh, we love protecting the house here. And yeah, I, I think that too just speaks such big volumes into the strides he has taken as a player in, in terms of that development. Right, you said that twelve game stint he had at the NHL last season. And, you know, kind of taking those mental notes of what he needs to work on going into the future. Um, but Johnny, as well, it, it it makes me feel like that Reichel is confident in understanding Luke Richardson's system as well, because as Luke Richardson said, they want to play kind of that box model with the guy at the top. That way it's, it's simple, but it can lead to that quick offense. Right. And that's kind of what we saw on the golden night, right? right. It, it and, really was that quick offense. And it's canceling plays, Ron. I think that that's what I really want to drive home from Luke Richardson sort of initial uh, implementation of the system. And it's canceling plays because so many times we saw last year, other teams were able to cycle the puck kind of at will. Um, and it, it was, it looked like a mess. It, the Blackhawks were a mess in their own zone. Right. Um, but when you go and simplify it, a, the players have responded to it and said that they let, you know, it was easy to understand straightforward concepts, Stuff like that but then once again then you're generating offense the other way which is the goal of luke richardson's defense right play fast hard uh have you know guys attacking the puck um guys canceling plays and then leading the other way so that was just one observation i had from lucas reichel ron there's a whole lot more than just those two and i'm sure these guys will come up at, at later points but um we, we saw the main group uh in in tuesday night's game um I, I will say uh, just from this, uh, th that was a little bit of, you know, a split. They had uh, the kind of what the goaltending tandem will look like. Uh, so they did the split on half the game there. So you had Mrazic, Stalock, first one there. But man, how about the mainstays? I know we talked a lot about the young guns, but holy shit. Patrick Kane looks like he's already in midseason form uh, with some of the passes he was dishing. I know nothing was able to go in for them. The only goal came from Cole Gutman. Um, however, Kaner was zipping that thing all around the ice and um, it's great to see. Yeah, and Johnny, I, I saw a couple of quotes from um, early in training camp. I believe it was the the first day that they got to actually speak with the media. And Kane kind of brought up some of those lingering injuries that he's had over the last two seasons and how last year he was kind of struggling with it and, and what have you. And um, he said he feels better coming into camp this year, Johnny. If that's the case, if he's feeling better in this camp than he did last year, May I remind everybody he had a cool, calm, collective 92 points last season on a not-so-good Blackhawks team? Like, if that's how good he's feeling already, I don't care what Patrick Kane's age is. It doesn't matter at this point because the, the style of hockey he plays is going to age well. He doesn't play a lot of contact. He is a finesse skill player who is just elite at what he does. I'm telling you, Johnny, and I, I talked about this a little bit in my write-up when they announced the lines for Tuesday night's game. Right. Him playing with guys like Domi and Athanasiu, who have shown offensive upside of their careers. Domi has had a career 72-point season in Montreal with Richardson on the coaching staff. And then Andreas Athanasiu is a 30-goal scorer in his career. He just has not been able to stay healthy. Maybe these two guys tap into that effort of playing with a guy like Patrick Kane this season. 
Yeah, Caner is just different, uh, as Matt says in the comments here, and uh, th that's absolutely true. We, we've all known that for a while here in Chicago. Uh, Ron, a, a byproduct of this, too, is I think we touched on it briefly on our last episode just last week, um, but th that could help really up that trade value for guys like Domi and Anthony Siu, obviously. Absolutely. On the short-term deals, you're talking about trade chips, building for the future. That's what this whole rebuild's all about. Um, that's something that could do. But while they're here, man, um, that's going to be a fun line to watch because Anthony Siu is fast as all hell, and Max Domi, we all know, He's an agitator. He's a uh, he stirs shit up, right? That's what he does. That's all part of his game. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the same time, despite being an agitator, still a skilled player. I mean, he's never been a huge goal scorer. He's definitely more of a playmaker. And maybe that gets Kaner some more goals this year too. That'd be cool. I mean, Kaner had a really heavy assist year from that point to right. the last season. You know, maybe maybe that we get him scoring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe but maybe maybe Kaner takes on a little more of that role. Maybe Kaner is a thirty to thirty five guy this year. You know, or even maybe a little higher than that. If Domi's going to set him up a little bit too, especially early on in the season, uh, prior to you know aforementioned trade deadline that we've discussed. But again, it feels like that line too, Johnny. Their skills all kind of complement each other, right? Kane is the elite, you know, playmaker can do everything, can can thrive with different kind of teammates. Athanasiu can really open up the ice. I feel like for both Domi and Kane because of that speed. And then you get Domi that is just kind of that little bit of everything that ties in in the middle there and can really complement both of those other players and their strengths, Johnny. So I know it's early. I know it's one game of those those three guys playing together. Would not at all be mad to see Luke Richardson trot those guys out on October 12th against Colorado Avalanche and just say, hey, go play hockey and we'll see what you guys are doing after five games and and, and we'll reevaluate at that point. Because there there is something there, Johnny. I agree with you. Like That could be a line that, if nothing else, is exciting as hell to watch this season because of how well their skills complement each other. Yeah, we said it all there, Ron. I wanted to kind of shift. We talked about a little bit up front. I want to shift a little bit to the back end and discuss, um, you know, some of the guys back here. Hey, Caleb Jones, uh, we talked about him. And, and remember last week, Tony had said, oh, the Blackhawks going to get pucks on net. And I said, well, if Mr. Caleb Jones is in the lineup, they absolutely will. And guess what? He's tied for the team lead in that Tuesday night game in shots with five. I love how active he is. And I think um, some guys that uh, when I was looking at the stat sheet, too, and not, not that shots on goal mean everything sometimes you can just flip one in from center ice and it can go on now, whatever. Um, however, I was looking at it and it seemed like all newcomers or fairly new guys like Caleb Jones, just one season in here where the guy is really padding uh, the, those shots. So I like that kind of mentality that's being brought in here. Um, and I'd, I'd like to see some of the mainstays then go and jump in on that. But uh, what I really wanted to get to on the back end was Vlasic being paired with Seth Jones. Uh, the, those two seem to have a bit of chemistry. They like to put them together. They did it at the end of last season. They're doing it at the start of camp. They're doing it at the start of preseason here. Is Alex Vlasic a lock? to make the opening night roster based on this. I'm just going to say yes right now. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you, Johnny. Uh, it, it really is kind of starting to feel that way. You know, he he's getting the looks he's playing with your top guy, right? Seth Jones is the big nine and a half million dollar man. He's got an a this season. I don't mean to jump the gun on the, uh, on the rundown, but he is a guy that is going to be. I, I, I the the tweet yep. from Four oh, Feathers yeah. account. I know that was uh, <clears throat> one Johnny Nani's doing, and that's okay. Um, but when talking about oh Seth Jones wearing an A, and he's like, yeah, because he's here for the next half century. And it, but it's true, right? He is here to be that guy. He's here to be the workhorse on the blue line. If you're a young guy getting paired with him out the gate, when guys like Murphy and his own brother are playing in the game. 
I would say you're probably a lock to make the roster. John. Yeah. So I, I just want to go and like touch on this really quick because it, it, it is honestly, it's a pretty cool story because he's a local kid and you know, yep. kind of a funny thing at, uh, I believe it was what 2019 Blackhawks development camp. I actually sat next to the Vlasics, very nice family, very nice people. Um, but you know, they, they're local. They're he's a local, mm-hmm. local product here. Obviously went to school out in Boston. Um, but, uh, he's basically doing this because he came right from college, right? Right from Boston. Yep. You, to the Blackhawks last year, they already burned first year of his entry level. So um, I think they're just going to go and throw him right into the fire. However, I will caution, and I know it's not the same sport, but my White Sox put Andrew Vaughn up right away. And that worked out okay, and it was a little weird with the COVID stuff, uh, and he is a good hitter on that front. However, you have to wonder a little bit sometimes what some of these guys would be like with a little bit more seasoning. Right. Um, So I just want to caution that. And I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility. If you start to see Mr. Vlasic struggle out there uh, for a little stint in Rockford. So I did just want to chime that in. I know we've been all positive so far, uh, but I guess this can transition into a little bit of the negatives. Let's because we will, we'll, we'll swing back up on this run. But let's talk uh, the biggest uh, kind of, um, you know, gripe from this was a penalty kill going over three uh in tuesday Yikes. night's game and uh, power play did as well uh they, they did not convert on their three chances and this comes after luke richardson had talked about his uh you know kind of new approach to penalty killing and how they're going to emphasize it and the early returns were not great bob not great at all and you know what that'll win you lose your hockey games johnny and then you know they they played a really good overall game like if we're zooming out really quick to zoom back in 50 minutes of that game, they were in it. They were arguably the better team, truthfully. They looked really good. Zooming back in, though, when you are getting that beat up on special teams on both sides of the house, it is not going to go well for you. It does not matter how well you play at five on five. It it, it really is just like, you know, in in another sport that I personally love, Johnny, and that is is football, Uh, you know, you, you can't get beat up on special teams. You see special teams win and lose teams games all the time, right? Field goals, punts, you know, kick return, punt returns. It's a part of the game that people kind of forget about sometimes, but at the same time, it can be just as critical. Hockey is very similar in that essence. You have to protect the house on the PK and then you got to, then you got to go to work on the power play and you got to take advantage of other teams mistakes. That's really what it is. So seeing offers on both sides, not, not great. Yeah, right. And, you know, reminding it was the first preseason game. However, like I said, they were just big points of emphasis, right? All throughout camp. Luke Richardson made a point to talk about that and really highlight some of the areas that they were working on. I will say upswing, we did see a little bit better um, on both ends of that uh, in game two. But I, I did have a couple last comments from uh, game one. This is interesting. Obviously, game one at the United Center uh, on Tuesday night. And A, Ron, hey, wait, is this Ron Luce or is this Griffin Luce? Because there was a Griffin <laughs> Luce to score a goal for the St. Louis Blues. Ron, are you a double agent? Are you a double I agent am, that the St. Louis Blues have planted in the Four Feathers podcast? I believe, I believe I'm not a double agent. I think he's my doppelganger from another universe that somehow got drafted to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it's ironic, Johnny, because the uh, the preseason game last season that you were so gracious to uh, let me use your tickets for was also against the Blues, and and uh, Ron slash Griffin Loose got into a fight, and everybody was telling me, hey, why are you punching Blackhawks, Ron? That's not like you. Um, I'll tell you what, there's something about the Blues in the preseason that brings out the best uh, in the loose uh, name line, I don't know if we're related at all, but um, it, it was it was quite funny to to see uh, 
when it was very shorthanded and everybody was like, oh, loose scores. And everybody was like, wait, Ron, what? what, what what's yeah. happening here? So I wish I was that good at hockey, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the, the thing is, Ron, I will say it, this, is, this is a little bit of a tinfoil hat time that I come I had coming into this show. And if you do listen to the Sox uh, version of our show, uh, Sox on Tap here at OnTap Sportsnet, um, we, we like our tinfoil hat time there. But I, I think you calling it out and getting out ahead of it, because I was going to press you on it no matter what. But I think you getting ahead of it last <laughs> night, um, it made me feel a little bit better. So uh, I think we can move forward with, with Ron Luce in this role. I think I feel pretty comfortable about solving that mystery. All right, Ron, last takeaway from the first game, before we jump back into what happened uh, here just before we jumped on the show, um, 300 level closed off at the United Center. Very interesting. <sighs> attendance was only, I assume the attendance wasn't going to be great. It's a weeknight. It's, you know, preseason. It's a rebuilding season. But uh, just over 10K is uh, 10,317 attendance. 300 level is closed off. I, I just got to start off and say that I miss my beer vendor. It's been since like early April that I got to see my beer vendor. He's always outside section 324. Shout out Anthony. He's a great guy. He always hooks Legend. it up. He always, always knows my order when I'm coming up. So the beers are ready. I don't miss any action at all. Um, that's what I like about the 300 level and going to those corner bars. And I also like my bird's eye view. Um, but obviously they got to get the fans down in there and make it look like, you know, so it's on TV. It looks like there's actually a like crowd there. Uh, just interesting. I think it's a good strategy though, overall for them. If they're not going to draw the crowds like that, a, you basically upgrade fans, so to say, uh, and then B you get those aesthetics there. Th thoughts on them not opening 300 level yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think, Johnny, to your point, right, I think especially for preseason games, I think it's a good move, right? Let people sit close. This is the time to let them feel something different, experience a game differently. Because like you said, a lot of people do have season tickets in the 300 level. And um, your beer guy, Anthony, is a legend. I have attended enough games with you to know as soon as we walk out and he sees us, there are, boom, two beers ready to roll. You get up there, it's a quick swipe, and we're back at the seats before anything meaningful happens. And, you know, there, there is something about the 300 level, and I agree with you about that bird's eye view. It really is, especially when you're trying to analyze the game and see things develop and and, and enjoy what it, what hockey is uh, from that perspective. I think it's an okay move. Uh, I think for for preseason game number one, it's a Tuesday night. You know, if it was a weekend and they're doing that, I'm a little more concerned, John. Right. But... I'm interested to see. How we're going to get to it later, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen Saturday. I'll be there, yeah. so I'll be be on site to report. But yeah, continue. Yeah, no, I and that that's exactly what I'm saying. I think it I think for for sake of the the situation it's okay and it works and hey cool, you paid for a 300 level seat, and you got a 100 level seat, good for you, but um definitely intrigued to see what happens Saturday because that's going to be a different vibe. And if I'm rem remind me if I'm wrong, Johnny, it is against uh the Detroit Sucks Red Wings again yep. on Saturday. So you would hope it's a little bit of a better crowd on a Saturday night. On right. October 1st. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I'll, I'll get to that when we talk about the uh, upcoming schedule here. But, uh, well, you know, I will be on site. So you check the Four Feathers Pod uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts. Uh, I'll do some on-site reporting. See what the deal is. Uh, if 300 is closed off or if it's not, uh, whatever's going on there. A little October Fest before the game. All right, Ron, let's move through this because we have one more preseason game to talk about. I know we had to go and slobber over Korchinski and Reichel because that was all great. But a few other things from uh, this second game obviously a win hey oh it wins a win I, I tweeted out from four feathers uh, victory beer posts are back from there um it, i know it's preseason but you gotta warm up the liver too so uh, i'm enjoying some victory beers here 
Yeah, absolutely. Preseason, get get that get that liver warmed up uh, for the season, just like these guys are getting into the swing of hockey, and you know everybody that is involved with with the hockey game, hockey ops, all of that, getting going here. Um, as we're talking about game two, though, um, they did not split the net in this one. Soderblom got it all, and it was cool. He's playing up against his brother um, there in this one, but. Uh, one thing that I just saw, we were going to talk about captains overall in a little bit, but obviously not the main group out there. Ron, two of our favorite guys here, Sam Lafferty, Riley Stillman, wearing the A's on their sweaters. What do you think about that? I love that, Johnny. I think it just shows that those guys are respected in their roles in the organization, right? Obviously, Sam Lafferty has captured the hearts of – if you are a, a a perfect bottom six hockey player, Johnny Nani will forever be the president of your fan club, as we saw with Ryan Carpenter. And now we are starting to see with Mr. Lafferty. Uh, but, but, Johnny – the that goes to show, right, that these guys are respected. Lafferty earned a new contract in the organization, as did Stillman. Obviously, was still under the Bowman regime when he signed it. But Davidson hasn't tried to trade him yet. So maybe, just maybe, um, you know, Davidson was one of those guys advocating for a guy like Stillman in that trade. Just good to see those guys getting recognized. Again, a much younger group. But, you know, obviously those two uh, being at the forefront wearing A's, uh, not only cool and tough, Johnny, but also just shows that their roles are respected within this organization. They might not be the stars, um, but they know their place and the organization appreciates them for knowing said place. Right, right. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of highlight that. I think you did a good job of that, Ron. Uh, A little bit of their play on the ice, too, because both were involved. Uh, Lafferty had himself a goal and an assist. He had the empty netter to kind of cap this thing. Um, And then uh, an assist on the very first goal that Dylan Sakura scored early in this game. Uh, Stillman getting a little bit chippy as well. Um, I saw him in a little bit of a shoving match. Both of these guys did take penalties tonight. Uh, But man, Ron, I don't know if you saw it or if you were busy with the Bears show. Um, However, Riley Stillman in the third period, excellent PK work. If the Red Wings were going to get back into this game, it was kind of a turning turning point, right? It was a late penalty the Blackhawks took. And Riley Stillman's going up against Arvid Soderblom's brother, who's like 10 feet tall, 6'8", really, so like 7 feet on skates, right? Um, He's going up against him in front of the net. A, he's battling him for position, doing a good job, and then he canceled kind of a net front chance uh, by, you know, just using the body to shield him out and then using his stick uh, to get his stick out of there, and um, that's what you like to see uh, from a guy like Riley Stillman, and obviously showing a little bit of that tenacity, and I know you're a big Riley Stillman fan, so uh, I don't know if you got to see any of that at all, but those are kind of my big two takeaways from both of those guys tonight. Yeah, didn't get to see as much as I would have liked to, Johnny. I'm definitely going to have to to hucker down and and get to see more of this before the season starts. But I am right there, as you said. I am a really big fan of Riley Stillman, and again, constantly reminding people last season that he's only 24 years old. I don't even know if he's turned 25. He might have just turned 25 recently. Um, still a super young defenseman in the NHL. Does not have a ton of time under his belt, and in that kind of moment, Johnny. What that tells me is he is developing into a more complete defenseman of what he think they think he can become. And I don't think he'll ever become the elite offensive defenseman, and that's okay. But if he can be a very good five, six, maybe even a four at times, depending on where they are in this rebuild, Johnny, and can kind of help grow with some of these young guys, I think he's well worth what they ended up giving up to get those guys, right? If, if that yeah. comes down to the end of the day that – 
you know, five major pieces were moved in that trade, and Riley Stillman's the last guy standing for the Hawks. That'll make me feel good. He showed it last season. He can step up when you need him to in, in cases of injuries and, and COVID and all of that that we saw go through the Hawks' blue line. Good to see him tonight getting the job done where he's going to be needed, which is going to be on the PK, especially with Jake McCabe's sideline to start the season. Right. Very good point there, Ron. I was also going to highlight that because you might be asking yourself right now if you're listening to this, oh, I, I turned in to listen to the, hear about the young guys and all that. Well, we'll get to a little bit more of them in a little bit. Guess what? These guys are still like 18 and 19 years old. They're going back to their junior teams. They're going back to their college teams. A lot of these guys, Kevin Korchinski is not going to be here for a while. He's going to go and play out a full season in the WHL. Maybe you see him at the very end of the year. Um, until then, it's going to be, like you said, the, the Riley Stillman's, especially filling in for a guy like Jake McCabe. Guess what? Jack Johnson's going to be here and whatever. So I know we're probably just going to flip Jack Johnson at the deadline, but a guy who can be here longer, Riley Stillman. That's why we're talking about him. So, um, all right, let's go and talk about one of those young guys, though, Ron, and that it was one we got a comment on here, uh, Samuel Savoie. Um, he played in both games just like Kevin Korchinski did. And, um, you know, we, you've heard on uh, the Detroit broadcast, I heard a little bit of the, um, you know, models his game after Brad Marshan. We've heard some Andrew Shaw comps, obviously, within the Blackhawks organization. So um, this guy was a little bit all over. He, he did throw the body around, registered some hits in both games. Um, I, I believe Monday had five in the, in the opener and three tonight. Um, he did take a penalty in the opener as well. Um, but thoughts on him, third round pick 2022. Um, I, I do like the energy that he brings to the team. Yeah, and Johnny, he he fits the identity that we talked about after the draft, right? That feels like Kyle Davidson is building this team in, and that's just a team that's hard to play against, and that's going to be nasty and is going to come balls to the walls energy every single night. And I don't know about you, Johnny. I think we've well established this over the uh but our fourth season now here at 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 uh at the Four Feathers Pod. Um balls to the walls energy is very cool and very tough, and, and we're big fans of that. And I'm telling you what, I I love hearing what I heard. So I was able to listen. I caught most of last night's game actually on the radio uh, and hearing John Weideman describe Savoie and what he was doing on the ice was awesome because he's running. He's not afraid to go put guys in the boards. And then Braden Shen thinks he's going to mess with the young guy and get him to retaliate and do some dumb penalty. No, 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 not you, my friend. Instead, Blue's goal was waved off because Savoie stick was grabbed by Shen on the bench right. and it led to a Hawks power play. He almost feels a little mature beyond his years, understanding how he can play the game the way he wants to play it. And a lot of 18 year olds, Johnny, is in any, I mean, in any game and in anything, right? Youngster like that, just barely a legal adult. It is sometimes they're a little more kind of timid. To, to establish themselves and play the way they want to play. And, you know, they're feeling out the energy. Savoy has had no problem just playing his game. Like he, he comes out and admits it. He's like, I like to be a tough son of a bitch that likes to fuck with people and, and get yeah. under people's skin. He's like, that's my game. That's what I do. That level of self-awareness, Johnny is going to get him into the NHL sooner than later. And if that's the case, what a third round pick by Davidson and company, because it, even if he is a bottom six forward, He's he's got some I think he's got some offensive prowess. There's a reason they tried him on the second power play unit in that game against St. Louis as well as that net front presence. If he can become a solid power forward that is an agitator and just goes balls to the walls every single game, he's going to have a place on this Hawks roster in the future. 
Yeah, and I will add that I like that he wears number 67 because I love Michael Froelich when he was here. So mm. um, that, that was it's a good nice number. Little, it's, a good yeah, number. But it, it's funny because when you go and see these, obviously, you know, preseason numbers can change and they got to, you know, just field what they can with these uh, guys there. Um, and obviously that might not be their NHL number. It's funny to just watch them uh, out, out there wearing those and you just get flashbacks, right, uh, of certain oh, guys of uh, that, that wore those numbers previously. So uh, a couple of other points I just had from this game. Hey, Arvin Soderblom, I mentioned he got the full game. He made 31 of 30. 33, uh, excuse me, stopped 31 of 33 shots that he saw, uh, multiple coming from his brother, uh, his monster brother there. And Ron, this is something that I think uh, you and I have talked about. And you and I were at a game last year where Soder Bloom obviously was kind of thrown into the fire due to COVID injuries, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and he looked really, really bad, but obviously finished up better in Rockford at that level. Uh, it was good to see him get a get the full game in net because I don't think Jackson Stauber is in plans at the pro level at any point. However, anyone gets injured on the goalie front being Mrazek Stalock, Soderblom is likely your next man ready there. So um, I, I liked his game tonight. I don't know if you caught much of that or what uh, he was doing in the net. No, but I do like Johnny that, you know, you and I talked about it and I think a lot of people, even myself, I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself uh, in, in the fire here as one that needs to remind myself how young Soderblom still is and how much growth goalie is a hard position. Goalie, goalie and defenseman development takes a lot longer than forward development does. And I think seeing Soderblom do what he did tonight against, you know, a, a solid Detroit team, right? We, we heard the David Perrons in the lineup and some yeah, of their they, big guns. Larkin that, was in. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of those guys on opening night for the Red Wings as well. For him to step up the way he did and, and continue to do what he does, it, it, it gives me a little bit of confidence, Johnny, to say this, that I think when the time comes for the future of this organization at goalie, because let's just call a spade a spade, I don't think Morazic or Staylock is the future at goalie. But Bold, bold, bold claim, Ron. <laughs> I know, really bold claim. I'm, I, I, I'm full of hot takes tonight, Johnny, but... <laughs> You know, I, I think we can confidently sit here and say that Soderblom is going to actually com legitimately compete with a guy like Drew Camesso, right. who I think the organization holds very high for that future goaltending spot. Obviously, guys can come along in the future that obviously adds a wrinkle to things. But clearly, there is something there that they like with him. He absolutely was thrown in the fire in that Columbus game last season that you and I both attended, Johnny. To see him do what he did tonight gives me confidence. If he goes down to Rockford this year and has a monster season in the AHL, all of a sudden now I look at next season as him maybe getting a chance to be kind of, I don't, I'm not going to put, you know, ex expectations to be too high just in terms of the role that he would play. Like what Corey Crawford was in 2011. Hey, you're not here necessarily to have to backstop us to games but be good enough to keep us in games. And I think he could really be that role for this team next year if he continues to show what he did tonight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good take. Good take on that, Ron. I like that. Um, another player that I did just want to talk to on briefly before we get to some overall numbers uh, was Jujar Kara um, because he did score a gold, nice greasy one on the power play. Power plays, uh, did, you know, uh, area that I was going to get to here in a minute. Um, but that was good to see. And also, I think, Ron, the biggest thing is just seeing him healthy back. Um, I know he did return after that concussion, but then shortly after had to have back surgery. So um, I know it's a guy, not a sexy name on this roster. He's a depth guy. He's a lower six four forward right i get all that but once again blackhawks still need to field the team this year and he's <laughs> going to be one of the guys that's in there and i do think that he can offer a little bit uh to maybe some of those other young wingers that are going to try uh, and make 
the roster and earn spots, and they will have to do so in a bottom six role. I think Kara's experience, um, even though, you know, he's, like I said, no headliner name by any means, but it was good to see him back in action. He, I believe he also had an assist uh, tonight, and that was, yeah, uh, on the very first one. Um, he, he also teamed up Lafferty for uh, the assist on um, Sakura's goal. So uh, jamming in front of the net, too. He's a big body, so uh, yeah, you, you might get some greasy goals uh, out of him out in front of the cage. Absolutely. And Johnny, I think if I remember correctly, uh, you and I, or I, maybe you weren't there. I, I don't recall. I was there, I think, for two of Juju Kyra's first goals of the season last year. Before, And I was at the game where he got knocked out cold, unfortunately. And, and that was ultimately a reason why we didn't see him. And I think a lot of people have written him off is just because he was hurt all of almost all right. of last season. He only really got to play about a half a season of hockey before he... Yeah. legitimately it, was knocked out cold and, for the season and it was the beginning so it wasn't the half that you remember most freshly right exactly so i i think it, it's you know again like you said they're going to still need to feel the team and especially if you move pieces like domi and and johnson and athens at the deadline you're going to need some of these veteran guys who early in the season will be bottom six guys to move up and play potentially bigger roles in the organization as the season moves on i think kyra presents a guy that can do that he's on the second year of his two-year deal that he signed, not this past offseason, but the one before that. And again, like you said, brings experience, knows how to go to the dirty areas. He's a big body. If he plays his game, he's going to be well worth a spot in the bottom six because, again, an effective bottom six player because of his size, his willingness to go to the net and the dirty areas and do the things that other guys don't want to do. And good to see him get rewarded tonight with a goal and assist as well. Yep. Uh, like I said, I I'm happy he's healthy and he's good back from that back surgery and obviously the concussion issues too because that was some scary shit uh last yeah. season so that, that wraps it up on juju care i want to talk overall uh ron preseason is obviously all about getting looks at some of these young guys before they return to their respective clubs obviously that's kind of like a top priority on there however another one then is building you know learning right as a team as an organization especially important this year when you're implementing new systems and all that i talked about the bad numbers in game one over three on both pk and the pp that flipped a little bit tonight they went one for four on the pp with that aforementioned jujar kara goal uh and then they went three for three on the pk so they cleaned that up i know it was not the same exact group out there no it was not the same team you were playing i know the, don't get me wrong the blues had a great power play last year um and it was the first preseason game all that in the first one however going and seeing that uh because Luke Richardson was still the guy behind the bench regardless. So he was the one giving the orders and how we want to do this, how we want to attack this. And there was a little bit of threat from uh, that Detroit. Like I said, that Soderblom guy, Elmer Soderblom, Arvid's brother, plays for Detroit, and he is massive. If you saw him out there, that's an absolute menace to deal with out in front of the net. And I thought the Hawks did a fairly good job of shutting down chances tonight on the PK. So, Ron, seeing that improvement is a big W in my book for Luke Richardson right now. Absolutely. And just to quickly add, Johnny, and remind people that, again, we just talked about it. Detroit had a lot of their big guns in the lineup tonight. This wasn't, you know, minor leaguers versus minor leaguers. It was a Hawks B unit, quote unquote, for the preseason against some of the A unit for the Detroit Red Wings, right? David Perron, Dylan Larkin, guys that are making a lot of money to be big time contributors up there in Detroit this season. Good to see the Hawks clean things up. And again, Further shows that Luke Richardson's system is not only understandable for the guys, whether they're, you know, going back to the juniors, going to be in the AHL or going to be on the NHL roster this season, but they are also buying into it. They are playing to the strength of the system. And when it works, we're clearly seeing it. It works three to three on the PK tonight it is cool and tough. 
absolutely, Ron. That's about all I've got from uh, these first two preseason games. It was nice to finally have some action to break down with you, uh, not just training camp watching uh, videos on Twitter of line rushes and all that. <laughs> so uh, we, we do get some action. We'll have some more of that, too, uh, coming up. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, a little bit of news before uh, we jump into what's on tap next. Uh, the captains are set, Ron, and there's kind of a question. Obviously, we know Jonathan Taze will continue as captain. Patrick Kane is wearing an A. However, we didn't see Connor Murphy with an A on uh, when he played with the main group on Tuesday night, and everyone kind of wondered, oh, did Seth take it? And that's where we were having the kind of conversation. Luke Richardson clarified it. Uh, it's going to be split like it was last year. Uh, Murphy on the road, Seth Jones at home. Um, I think this is just as expected, um, especially after Dabrinka got shipped out over the summer. Uh, any thoughts on leadership group here uh, finalized for 2022-23? Yeah, I think it's the right leadership group. I mean, at the end of the day, Jones made the most sense to step into that role uh, when Debrinket obviously left. You and I talked at nauseum as Debrinket as a potential guy to be a next captain on this team. So obviously he was very much a leader. Um, no, I think it, it's the rightful place that Jones needs to step up and, and take on that captaincy. He did, I believe, believe Warren A in his time in Columbus. Um, so he, you know, he is a guy that is a good locker room presence. Love seeing Connor Murphy still get the love and respect as being the guy to wear the A on the road. Um, and let's just call it how it is, Johnny. Kane wearing an A and Johnny wearing the C is 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 going to happen. As long as they're in Hawk sweaters, those two are going to be captains, especially at this point in their careers. Obviously, you know, 10 years ago, that was a little different when it came to guys like Kaner. But nonetheless, I think it's a good captaincy group. And I think for where this team is right now, where it's a lot of youth and a lot of guys that – are here just on the temporary. These are probably the four most solidified guys that should be in the leadership group for this team. Right. So I uh, got not too much further on that. Um, it was kind of, I think, Seth Jones um, embracing uh, what, what's actually going on here. Obviously, you know, also he came over first year, so it's a little bit, you know, uh, do you want to give it to him, a guy who has been here that long? And that's why uh, Luke Richards, I thought it was funny, too. He even mentioned that, oh, it's a little bit harder to get the ref's attention on the road. So that's why Murphy, a guy who's been around longer, uh, will get it there. And then Seth Jones at home. So uh, it makes sense to me. Um, I don't have any qualms with it. That's about as expected, as I mentioned. Uh, last bit of news here, Colton Doc, Paul Ludwinski, uh, both in concussion protocol. They did return to the ice for practice today, non-contact capacity. Uh, that wraps it up for news here on this round. Let's take a look at what's on tap next, and it'll be Saturday night at the UC. I'll be in attendance. Are you, you going to be there for the Blackhawks Wings, Detroit Sox? Uh, it, it doesn't look like I will be there, unfortunately, at the moment, Johnny. Obviously, that can change between now and Saturday, and if it does, you will definitely one of the, be one of the first to know. But um, I'm excited for you, my friend. Uh, that'll be a good one. And again, it's it's more Detroit sucks, but this time it's at home. And uh, we'll probably see more of that main group as well because they that's how they love to do it in the preseason. The, the main guys get to play at home and yeah. not have to travel, and all the youngsters get to go on the road and go play somewhere else. So. Yeah, it, I think it's funny. They fly on the day of the game too yeah oh yeah just <laughs> yeah. to make it even worse all the more reason to credit them for getting the win tonight right yeah like, literally right. you get off an airplane walk into detroit and get a w uh that that that's fantastic to see but yeah i mean you got detroit and then you know not to jump the gun here but 
Sunday, they're back home right. again, and another uh, another uh, this yeah, time a Central Division opponent. It's uh, in the form that, of the Wild. That, that's a Milwaukee game, Ron. So um, that's I, right. I, I did have a take on that. Hey, uh, just for that Saturday night game, uh, I will be out there. I believe our guy Tony on tap will be out there as well. So uh, once again, make sure you follow at Forefathers Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll bring you some content from the UC. We'll let you know what the situation is with 300 level. If it's closed off. I don't know if they're expecting a bigger crowd on the weekend um, or whatnot, or if they're just going to move everybody down. I'm not sure I'm down in uh, to the 100 level like they did on Tuesday, but uh, we'll let you know. We'll drink some beers at the Oktoberfest uh, in the atrium. Have a good time. Uh, make some content out of it. So um, once again, at Forefathers Pod, Twitter and Instagram. As for Sunday, Ron, that's the home away from home series, as they're mm-hmm. dubbing it up at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee against the Minnesota Wild. And Ron, I, I this is I thought I saw this today. They released some merchandise. The Blackhawk shop did. And it, it's cool. I get it. They have a logo that says home away from home and kind of says Milwaukee on it. And I, but then they had one. That's the outline of the state of Wisconsin. And then it is the Indian head in the middle of it. And it's interesting to me because a, it looks like a bad, like edit, like it, when you first like think about it, but then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm sure they have the home away from home logo on the back or whatever. Um, but the first thing I thought of was suck it Milwaukee admirals. And that is also the Nashville predators uh, <laughs> team that plays in, in, in Milwaukee. So suck it. It's a, it's a Blackhawks hockey down there. I love that. Yeah, I do appreciate that, Johnny, especially because uh, maybe so not so much for you as a White Sox fan, right? You don't have to deal with the the terrible state of Wisconsin. Uh, But as a Cubs and Bears fan, the state of Wisconsin uh, just finds a way to piss me off on a regular basis. So to know that the Blackhawks have walked into their state kind of uh, disrespectfully spit on the landscape and told them that an Illinois team owns you that I can get behind and kind of appreciate. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And you know what? Like when they first announced the home away from home series, I, I like thought it was interesting because on one level, it makes sense in terms of how short the distance is between Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Right. Especially if you're just taking the quick drive up. Right. Uh, it makes sense that, okay, yeah, Chicago is kind of closer or whatnot. When I think about the personnel, the people of Wisconsin, right. Don't they seem more inclined to be like wild fans? You would think, you would think, right? Because like, uh, right, Wisconsin is, oh, it's the great north. And, you know, everybody in Minnesota is the great state of hockey and everything like that. You would think there would be a lot more wild fans up in in the state of Wisconsin. But again, uh, you know, Johnny, Minnesota is, you know, it's a state with a lot of lakes, but unfortunately they don't have any cups to support all that water. Um, And unfortunately for the Minnesota wild, Chicago has got enough cups over the last couple of years to dominate the state of cheese and beer. Um, And as us as a crack podcast here at four feathers, uh, it only feels appropriate that we take over the state that claims beer and cheese as their favorite things. Yeah, I I love it. So that's, what's coming up next. Obviously the home game, actual home game uh, at the UC Saturday night, uh, seven thirty puck drop against Detroit sucks. And then it would be six 30, I believe from Pfizer forum in Milwaukee on Sunday evening. So, uh, that about wraps it up here at four feathers run, uh, before we get to some housekeeping, hit me with a final thought for this episode before we get out of here. I, I have, I have two quick final thoughts, Johnny, and, and we'll, we'll keep them fast. As Matt said here early in the comments, I, I agree with this. I think you do need a Lafferty a sweater. Uh, I think that is, uh, special. Hell yeah. is, 
Yeah, it's an, it's incredibly important. Um, but just a very quick one here early. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. We're gonna call it out. As Tony said way early in the show, he says victory beers taste better over here. Uh, he says after White Sox lost, Cubs win. So I don't know how that feels tonight. But I agree with this one. Happy early birthday, Jonathan Nani. Um, we're wishing it to you tonight. Obviously, Thursday is your official birthday. Saturday is your birthday celebration. Um, so just wanted to say hashtag crack them and an early happy birthday to you on the microphone, my friend. Uh, from myself, from all of us here at ONTAP, um, and all the great listeners of Four Feathers Podcast. But that is my final thought, my friend. Happy birthday to you, sir. Yeah, thank you, Ron. I'm glad you got to celebrate a little early with the Blackhawks win tonight. Um, that, that was exciting to see. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I, I kind of spelled out all my takes, but I think it's it's important. And these are preseason games. I know the result doesn't matter when I go when I go and look at these. But what I said at the end there when I talked about just improvement in that one area or just two areas when talking about power play, penalty kill. It's important that these guys grow under Luke Richardson because a he's a first year head coach. He's growing himself. So I think preseason this year, even though it doesn't seem like it because it's a rebuilding season it's okay how many games can we lose to you know get uh Connor bedard right that that's, can be the goal don't lose sight of how important it is to grow this thing because what good is it if Connor bedard comes into an absolute train wreck still right and we know right. that that's kind of been the, the mo for the blackhawks and what's plagued them uh, in their downfall not, not having structure in the defensive zone not having a system guys can understand not having a coach they respect so uh it's big for luke richardson i think it's big for the young guys on this team and it's just fun to go and see guys like Korchinski, Reichel, Samuel Savoie out there uh, going around, slinging the puck around um, and throwing the body around in Savoie's case. So um, it's been fun. I'm glad Blackhawks hockey's back, Ron, and it's great to be back on the mic with you, my friend. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. It's always it's always a great day, Johnny, when we're here talking Blackhawks hockey at Four Feathers Podcast. Yep, absolutely. And you can go and find us uh, on tapsportset.com for all of our written content. Get all your Blackhawks news updates there. Uh, go and uh, give the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel, uh, hit that subscribe button on there so you don't miss a show. Uh, we'll be doing plenty of these, some Hawks happy hour stuff all throughout the season. Uh, we'll definitely get back on here at least one more time before uh, regular season kicks off. So you don't want to miss it on tap Sportsnet on YouTube and on Facebook as well. Uh, help on Twitter there and then at Four Feathers Pod on Twitter and Instagram as well as where you can find us. So, Ron, glad we got to drink some victory beers, talk about a Blackhawks winner, and until next time, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.